Once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We creatures have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires and witches, hiding in plain sight, fearful of discovery, ill at ease even with each other. Welcome once again to Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires, the podcast, a weekly podcast that discusses the television series a Discovery of Witches, uh, which can be found on various stations, including in the US of A, Shudder, AMC Plus, Sundance Plus, among various other sh- stations throughout the English language world, um, including where it is produced uh, in the UK. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in USA of A, and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going, sir? Going well. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how's it going? I'm doing all right. Excellent. And in the province of Alberta, Canada? It's Sean. Hope everyone is doing well tonight, or today, well, or whatever. I'm drinking, I'm drinking beer, so that... that uh, that's a good start. That's a good start. Yeah, it always <laughs> it always helps. It always helps. Uh, so, for folks who are curious, uh, today is February twentieth, twenty twenty two, that we're recording this. Um, we are um, a podcast that's part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, we do have an email, which is darkdiscussions at aol and we do have a um, other way you can email us too by just going to darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us link on the menu at the top of any page of Dark Discussions News Network. Now, Dark Discussions News Network is a website that has a bunch of podcasts, including this one, but it also has our uh, main podcast that's been around for 11 years called Dark Discussions Podcast. And we also have... Um, other podcast too, which we'll uh, toss around uh, some of the names later when we wrap up this episode. Now, so we would uh, appreciate any emails and we will read them on the podcast and we do have one tonight. Um, so I guess we can get into that. Before we do, just a couple more things, which is uh, this is a podcast that reviews and critiques each episode of this television series starring Teresa Palmer, Matthew Good, among other folk. Um, the show obviously um, is an hour or less per episode. Our podcast goes into depth. So obviously uh, we spoil, but again, most people who would come to such a podcast aren't here to, for reviews necessarily of a specific episode, but they're also here to hear people discuss 
uh, the episode as well. So uh, we will obviously have spoilers because we're going to go into depth. Uh, also, uh, we are talking about the season finale uh, and, I, and, and also the series finale because uh, it is the very last episode of the three-season show. And that doesn't mean our podcasting is done. Uh, we will at least have one more episode uh, next week at the same time uh, to discuss um, the series as a whole and our final opinions and the arcs and our favorite characters and all that good stuff. Uh, but we may also have one or two other episodes after. Uh, but uh, we're not sure yet. It depends on if we can get uh, folks uh, that would like to be interviewed. Uh, but no matter what, we'll definitely have one episode next week. At the same time, it'll appear uh, wherever you find podcasts. And we will, like I said, discuss the series as a whole. And you can also send in your favorite moments uh, through email, and we will read all that stuff as well on the podcast. And, once and again, there, there could oh. be spinoffs. We don't know yet. Um, just and if there are, we might watch them. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. So even though the podcast will eventually be uh, quote unquote finished uh, because the series is finished, uh, that doesn't mean that if there's a spinoff, uh, we won't uh, do episodes on a spinoff. Uh, but we also do episodes on various other things as we discussed, uh, Dark Discussions podcast as a weekly podcast on uh, genre movies. Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews is similar, and that podcast is uh, maybe once a month or twice a month, and, and we review screeners as well as interview people behind some of these films um, and, and so forth. And then we have other podcasts as well of note. Um, and then, of course, we're going to be doing some more television series podcasts in between. Uh, our next one is going to be Halo, uh, the series that's going to be on, I think, Paramount Plus. Um, and that's a science fiction uh, outer space uh, series that we will uh, do uh, season one of. Um, all right. So uh, let's get into some stuff about Discovery of Witches. And uh, Sean, we, we do have an email, I think. Yes, we do, from Debbie Ledesma. Uh, she says, Hello, Philip, Barrett, Kevin, and Sean. I enjoyed your podcast on episode six. It was a good episode. I hope I can answer some of your questions that you expressed. Uh, Joubert's motives weren't clear in the books either. I can't really remember. As to the turning of vampires in the series, a person that is turned by a vampire is considered family, like Marcus's Matthew's son. Marcus can't turn Phoebe... Because then she would be his daughter. Ooh. Ooh. Creepy. Okay. <laughs> well, that uh, changes things then. That does change um, things. In the book, Matthew yeah, gives that, his blessing. significant there. So, uh, yeah. So in the book, Matthew gives his blessing for Phoebe to be turned, but tells Marcus to ask someone to do it who knows what they're doing. Phoebe's and Marcus's story is told in book four times convert. Uh, in the books, Benjamin has a small army to help him, so the Knights of Lazarus fight them while Diana takes on Knox and Benjamin to rescue Matthew. Uh, Diana dealt with Satu earlier. Satu's motivations weren't clear in the books either. Hope this helps. Until next week, best wishes, Debbie. Thanks, Debbie. Well, that's interesting. That is interesting. That's a way different <laughs> that ending. <makes> a difference. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely did it a little differently. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know uh, offline. Uh, I was talking to uh, Sean um, specifically. Sean, you mentioned that um, one one thing that I was curious about this season, and I did look on Facebook at some of the Discovery of Witches Facebook uh, groups, which uh, I don't promote the podcast on at all because uh, I don't want to look like spam. And oddly, um, a lot of people don't even talk about podcasts. Uh, for the series on these groups, which is kind of weird, but um, a lot of folks, including you mentioned, Sean, that you that uh, seven episodes, uh, one episode to wrap up a lot of stuff, uh, may have been possibly um, rushed, and that doesn't mean that any of those folks or even you, Sean, were disappointed with the episode or even the series or even the season, but. They, they, yeah, they could have obviously uh, went more in depth with um, some of the stuff that folks like Debbie mentioned that were in the book that uh, were either streamlined or removed altogether um, in the television series. Thoughts, uh, Sean, since uh, you were the one that mentioned yeah. it offline to me. Uh, yeah, I just felt that, again, no complaints, and I enjoyed the finale and what it uh, offered for wrapping stuff up, up um, in the series. But it did feel that it was rushed. And there was like, whether it was the pacing, and I know there's a time constraint because you only have so many episodes and only so much of time that you can put in for each episode. But it did feel to me that it was like, boom, 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 we're done. Right. And again, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it, you know, would if they could have somehow had convinced at least one more episode to be done, it might have changed the pacing a bit. And it wouldn't have felt, to, at least to me, that it was just going boom, 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 boom. Yeah, tie and up all the loose ends. <laughs> like, so, and again, I mean, this at happens least they other tied up too. all the. At least they tied up all the loose ends. Some shows, it's like, even when they know they're going to get canceled or whatever, or they're ending, they don't, and that really sucks. Yeah, no, and, and as I say, it wasn't a bad episode. I don't think it was lesser because of it. I just, it would have been nice if they'd been able to have that extra episode possibly, but this is the way it is. So. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and not no, no disrespect for a three season series where they specifically said they were only going three seasons. Um, even if those seasons had weird numbers of episodes because it wasn't like they were all standard 10 episodes and done. Uh, well, you know, this season for, for example, only had seven. Um, uh, we, 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 you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of good shows go four or five seasons before they start falling off the face of the earth. So technically, you know, if, if this show was really making a lot of money, which is probably the reason why I think it was only three seasons if that it, it wasn't a hugely popular show. Um, it was more of a cult, following show um that's probably maybe the reason why it was only three seasons instead of say like um like breaking bad that went like what six or five or something so yeah it's it's just uh you don't know um what what's going on behind um i guess producers and and accountants um i mean and not mind but but closed doors, I guess, to see what they're doing to figure out what is profitable or not. Because we all know everything comes down to uh, money and profit because uh, arts, even if arts are important, um, they don't make any money 
they can destroy people's lives because they can everybody can lose money. So uh, they have to be careful um, as well when when they do make quote unquote art, I guess. Um, all right, so um, yeah, we can talk about some of these things that uh, Debbie mentioned too. Besides the episode, um, yeah, see, see, this is this Phoebe becoming a vampire thing. Um, uh, I won't re- revisit that argument I had. I think it was last week or the week before, where I said, "Oh, that's just kind of like Twilight, where they're taking a human and turning them into a vampire, and are they still the same person after they become a vampire?" Or not, and um, I don't know. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth to think that Phoebe would want to become a vampire. But again, um, you know, it is what it is. It's my personal opinion. Well, that even goes back to the Anne Rice books too, before Twilight. I mean, there are people in those books that wanted to become vampires. Right. Well, I, and I've only read one of those books by Anne Rice, and a few of them sounded felt like. Uh, narcissists or sociopaths that wanted a turn versus uh, for any other reason. But again, I only read the one book. So the question is, what, what would make someone want to do that? You know, I, I mean, I, I saw all the Twilight movies uh, just for curiosity. And actually, um, I think three out of the five were pretty good. Two of them were, were, were you could tell that they were just um, dragging on uh, to, to make more money. So they, they, you know, extended it as long as they could. But um, the, the motivation of her becoming a vampire, I think she was, was selfish. <laughs> I hated her character all the way through. She just wanted to be a vampire and she was going to do whatever she had to to get it. But that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing about all these stories is that they don't go into this new quote unquote version of a vampire. They don't go into uh the change what it does to a person does it affect their mind we know in the old version of vampire like in uh dracula and whatnot um they they become basically uh different individuals altogether and are possessed by like some evil force um so obviously that's bad but here it may be good or it may be nothing but whether it's this one or Twilight or whatever, we, we, we aren't really given any information what would happen if someone turns and, and the feeling and who they are after the fact, except I for, think in this one, it's more like um, you, you know, how power can corrupt. If you're corruptible, then you'll become corruptible and use the power for bad. If you're not, you'll use it for good or you'll just be a normal person, you know? Right. Well, even even though, you know, because we look at Jabir and we look at Isabel and we look at Philippe and we look at Benjamin and we look at Matthew and, you know, we don't know anything about them prior to becoming vampires, but were they just normal people? Were they aristocrats? Were they uh, people that just farmed the land? Were they decent human beings? And now, you know, 500 years later, these people are mass murderers whether or not we like the characters or not so it's it's still questionable you know you know you see what i'm saying yeah yeah let's what do you think well i mean <clears throat> going back one thing i've noticed about a lot of, of british tv shows is that they don't really they 
I mean, with few exceptions, don't last particularly long. I mean, they like I used to watch this one comedy show called uh, um, IT Crowd, and I think they didn't have any more. They didn't have more than three seasons, three or four seasons. Another show they had was Coupling, which was hilarious, and it was, and it didn't last any more than three, or, three or four seasons. And I, I think they do some of this just because they they want to keep it from becoming old. They want to keep it from becoming boring or okay, this is dragging on. And I think some American shows probably could learn from that. But um, I mean, there are exceptions like Doctor Who and various mystery shows. But a lot of those mystery shows, if they're based on books, it's like they have the they have the material, right? You know, like Sherlock, like like Sherlock Holmes or um, you know any Agatha Christie character, they have like they have series of books on them so it's not not that difficult it's like okay well let's pick this book to do but when you have an original um when you have an original series they they don't keep it particularly long so that it doesn't get old now granted there's there's four books but they really did it on three books in discovery of witches so i I mean, yeah, there would have been some nice little, oh, yeah, this is what happened to this person. This is what happened with that person. It would have been, I, I'm kind of interested in Isabeau and Philippe's backstory. Like, what were they and when were they when they were turned and when were they turned? Because um, that would have been interesting because obviously I, we didn't think about um, Phoebe, you know, becoming turned, but like by... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting uh, by Marcus, but then yeah, Marcus would. I mean, yeah, Marcus would be the father, but I don't know. I, I it's it's different with Marcus being the quote unquote father of Phoebe instead of you know being the actual father of Phoebe. You know, and I mean, I I don't know. I don't that that the the fact that that Marcus would marry a woman that he turned just, just doesn't bother me too much. Um, I think maybe that's, maybe it's a little like incest still though, like the bloodlines too close. So they want, if they're going to be as a couple, they want I, them. It's, it's very possible. I mean, it, and it's just, it's the thing is, that's just one of those things I never, you know, like none of us really thought about and no. it's like, all right. <laughs> I didn't and think I mean, about that at all. Well, and I, and I, Sometimes I just kind of thought of it more as, well, the semantics, but, you know, because I remember, uh, what was that? What We Do in the Shadows. Remember that vampire, that uh, the movie, where yeah. the one vampire, the kind of, the one that looked like Bela Lugosi, uh, he was kind of like the main, like main guy of the movie. And he, he, he sired a woman that he loved a lot, a long, long time ago. And then he essentially married her. And I mean, and none of us really thought anything about, I mean, as far as I know, no one really thought anything about it, but this is a different universe. Um, but I mean, as far as backstories, it would have been nice to have some backstory, but the way they ended it, it, it really didn't bother me. I, I, it was, there were no loose ends. It's like, yeah, okay. I wonder what happened with your bear. But as far as I remember in the books that we were told that your just kind of disappeared off into the background it's like you lost and you can't get your power back 
you know, you, you lost, you know, you lost the game. And no one was going to, I mean, unless he waits again for another couple hundred years and tries for power again. Um, uh, it leaves open the possibility of uh, another yeah. spinoff or, you know, they do have the Marcus stuff to go with and he could be a good enemy for that. I don't know where right. the books go with all that, but. Well, I mean, for example, I remember. It, this is very like for some reason is that we're talking about this i think briefly at the end of star wars where yeah vader's uh tie fighter gets hit and he kind of spins off while the death star it explodes and so i remember when i was watching it for the, the first time way back in the 70s it's like what happened to vader you know this is before we knew empire strikes back was going to come on it was just Vader, you know, his base just got blown up. There's nobody else around. So where's he? You know, where's what's going to happen with him? You know, Vader's not out. So you're right. I mean, Gerber can come back, you know, but it it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of finagling for him to do that. Oh, Kevin, let me ask you this, too, the, um, about um, these these vampires and, and the backstory, as you mentioned, uh, being... Um, uh, born again Christian, which most of our listeners probably know this. Um, your, your perspective of say, say someone like Phoebe um, being turned to, by a vampire, whether it was Marcus or just someone else, meaning you know who cares? She just turns. Period. Does that? And again, this show doesn't do it, nor does the Twilight books or the Twilight movies really show it. But it, what's your thought about? wondering whether or not someone like phoebe wanting to become a vampire and what she becomes after the fact because you know as, as i mentioned you know isabel and, and philippe and benjamin and matthew and so forth they become mass murderers uh and, and Jabir too for that matter um since they became vampires but prior to that they could have just been phoebe so i know it's a different time and a different era um but if someone like Phoebe turns, unlike the vampires from Dracula and whatnot, which were pure evil and were became possessed by demons from hell, basically, what, what what's your thought of someone like Phoebe becoming a vampire in a say this universe? Because I it it's one It'd of those bad. things that that would never, yeah, it, it never, it never been was never explored. You know? Screw feeding on a cow or a deer, human, <laughs> they're the prey. So, what, what do you think, Kevin? <laughs> okay, um, yeah, I, this is one of those things. For example, I mean, when, when you usually think about a vampire, like in other vampire stories like Dracula or Salem's Lot or what have you. It just seems like from what I've seen, it, it's like the, it, it's like the, the person loses their, like the person dies. Okay. I mean, that's the whole thing. They die. And so what is left over is essentially an animated corpse. I mean, that's why they call them the undead. So this has like all of the, I, I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but I mean, it just seems like it's a, it's an animated corpse with all the memories and all that and the personality and all that, but the actual soul is gone. So I don't know if, say, in this show, 
their soul is still there or not because I, I mean granted i i don't you know you go back like can of can like could dracula have sex with a woman and they have kids no not from that lore i don't think right exactly from that lore and i mean i don't see um i'm forgetting names again barlow no, that yeah, uh, yeah Mr. Barlow. Barlow. Yeah, he's uh, definitely a from from, Sal- from Salem's Lot, <laughs> right? From Salem's Lot, and I'm talking. And the thing is, I mean, in the books, okay, Barlow looks like a guy. I mean, looks like it is a man, um, not like the Nosferatu type thing, but a, like in uh, they did another miniseries of it, and they had um, Rucker Hauer as Barlow. Right. And that's more apt to the book. That's more apt to the book. So, I mean, could that Barlow have a kid? I mean, probably not. So, Phoebe, the thing is, is that would, the thing is, would Phoebe in this case, would she lose her soul? And that is really, for me, the question of, you know, the whole, now, now granted, if, if, now, if, if Phoebe were to ask me for advice, to say, should, you know, I want I want to live with this guy forever. I want to live with Marcus forever. Should I become a vampire? I would say no, you know, because this is I still think it's unnatural, you know. Right. But right. no way, I man, mean, it's real. It's good. No, but well. but his, his point's fair, and, and obviously we're you know this is all fictional, so we can say anything. But wait, is it really but, unnatural? It's just something they become after they get this. Violence. Well, it, it 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 well that's the thing. It depends on what 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 we're talking about because originally when we me and Kevin were talking about the series before we even started the podcast, we were talking about demons as well as vampires and how in historical lore demons are are and and not just historical lore but religious lore demons are not good. Period. They that's they're the spawn of hell. Period. Right. So yep. so Kevin made that point. And then I, I extended it to vampires because that's what vampires are in the law that Kevin's referring to. And in a sense, I'm referring to too. So if, and that's why they're called undead, which was an excellent point that Kevin brought up. So what does Phoebe become when she turns into a vampire in this, this lore in this world? And is that natural? And is that, normal and is that okay because again people like isabel and matthew assuming they weren't sociopaths before they became vampires became mass murderers after the fact well i think what happens is they are genetically changed when they get this virus or whatever you want to call it in them so their dna actually changes and they become another creature and they do not necessarily have to consider humans as the same type of animal as themselves so if they have to feed on them, to them it may be okay. Well, so, okay. so is that a good thing for someone like Phoebe? It's just to another to... predator. I mean, it, there's always predators out there. We just like to be the biggest and best. Oh no, we understand all that. Well, but the, the, the thing think, is, is that I think are they the I, same person though? I think so. She just has different needs at this point. Well, I mean, Barrett has a has an interesting point when he looks at it from a genetic standpoint, and I, I forgot to I I forgot to consider that it's like yes, she because you know her genetics change, 
Now, and she, but the thing, and then she, because I remember, because I mean, in all the other vampire, most of the other vampire lores, I mean, there's, there's still the aversion to sunlight. There's still the aversion to crosses or holy. It's holy, a curse, right? It's, it's a, a curse. It's a curse, right. Yeah. And even though, you know, and the, of course, I mean, you think about, I also think about the Lost Boys, you know, with Kiefer, Suller, Kiefer Sutherland and all that. It was a curse, but boy, were they enjoying it. Um, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, they had the aversion to crosses. They had aversion to sunlight. They had, now, this is a different, I mean, these vampires in Discovery Witches don't even sparkle when they hit the sunlight. <laughs> they just walk around every day like anybody else, you know, and I remember when Matthew made the announcement to the scientist, I am a vampire. Okay, yes, I drink blood, and that's pretty much the only thing I, I really consume. And he says, um, you know, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm a Roman Catholic. I, do, I can step into a church. I don't have a version to crosses and all that sort of thing. So, I mean, he's essentially throwing away all of the, va- the most of the vampire lore that we have grown up with. Um, I, I don't know. It's well, what's interesting is, okay, so we have a genetic threesome here. We have witches, we have demons, and we have vampires. They're all right. interconnected. Now vampires appear to be made. So how that creation occurred, I have no idea, but they are genetically different than, but have similarities between the other two. Um, and then there's humanity, which they don't really explain how their DNA compares to ours. So we know there's really four types of DNA, right? And they all have slight differences. Um, See, the problem I have with the vampires is that they can, I mean, I, I'm sorry, Barry, I, interrupt, I interrupted you. Please, please finish. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, Go okay, ahead. Thank you. Um, like you, Barry, and you even mentioned talking about, well, you know, vampires consume human beings. And I mean, yes, you do have your odd psychopath on earth that consumes human beings you know you you get your jeffrey dahmers and all that but i mean they are definitely the exceptions to human the human being rule but the thing is if you're a vampire that means it's like you become you're you're a creature but you're still a human creature so i mean in some ways if you think about it vampires have a slight sense of I, I, I've been just thinking about it. There, there is a sense of uh, cannibalism to them because they're not eating human flesh, but they're drinking human blood. You know, they're and so I mean, for example, when you saw Isabeau attack a deer, it's like, all right, she's consuming an animal. You know, she might not be eating the flesh or anything, but she is still consuming something from the animal. It's still vampirism, but it's 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 not human. Ah. Uh, well, and it's so really that, interesting because they can be born as well as made. So that gets into a whole different area. Yeah. Because we know well, they can I mean, be born. Yeah. How many of them are actually born? I mean, so far, one mm-hmm. that, that we know of. Because, I mean, the only one that we know of born was, um, you know, Matthew and Diana's daughter. You know. That, and then the legend. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a legend, but... So well, does that mean vampire, somewhere. can vampire vampire not have babies? They didn't really explain that. Well, based off of the the, the thing where, and, and again, this is part of the ending of the series, 
uh, we discover that um, vampires, demons, and witches, and humans all could possibly have the mixed DNA. You know, you know similar to, you know, if you do your uh, ancestry DNA and you find out that you are 10% uh, Polish. And it's like, shoot, I yeah. had no idea I had any Eastern European <laughs> in me. I thought it was 100% Irish, you know, and all that stuff. So we do discover that. So it, it ha- appears that somewhere in the past, vampires have been able to um, intermingle with other ancestries, right? And, and it's pretty yeah. much stated specifically when Diana, you know, proves it with her her research from knowing and becoming the Book of Life and, and whatnot. So I think legends were, as you said, Sean, um, you, you know, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. But with Diana and the DNA results and Diana explaining it all, uh, it appears that uh, those legends uh, were probably true. Now, I have a question. So, oh, sorry, Sean. No, I was just going to throw this thing out, too, is that nothing in the series that we've seen says that as a vampire, you have to drain someone to death. That's true. Or feeding. Like, it never says how much you just need blood. So it doesn't say how much blood you have. You could arrange a blood bank or something, maybe. Like, it doesn't say that you have to kill a person every time you feed. Whereas then there's some lore that says that you kill a person and then there's others that don't. So it just, this is like any other story, right? Like they pick and choose what fits in their universe, right? Well, for example, in, in, um, in, in Dracula, um, Dracula turns somebody, turned, um, oh, crumbs, I forgot her name. Lucy? Uh, Mina. Mina Harker. Well, he turned both of them. He turned both of them differently. Like in, um, what was it? Uh, he turned. He drain. He turned Lucy by draining her, draining her to death. But he turned Mina by making her by having her drink his drink blood. his blood. Yeah, right. So she yeah. was. A- so uh, Lucy was a lesser vampire, whereas Mina would have been a greater vampire. And the story Probably. used to be that it'd be three nights consecutively of being drained before you would then on the last night die and become a vampire. Right. right. So again, yes, it's, it's all interesting stuff, right. To find out where it lasts because uh, like, this is way off topic again but i did you any of you ever uh do ravenloft or aware of yeah. ravenloft from D? yep if you oh, ever read the great. books if you ever read the books the first book one of the first books was about strahd but it was mm-hmm. about an uh, an elf a golden elf who had been turned into a vampire and had been living with the curse for a while before he gets uh, transported to barovia and ends ends up trying to take down strahd but he showed that in because in D D most of the vampires don't really have personalities or they're they're not they don't keep their the remember remembrance of their old selves, whereas he was able to. And so he didn't go around murdering and torturing or anything like that. He just was trying to deal with the curse that he had. And so that's what I was thinking too, was that it gives, this is a situation where we don't know. It's not clarified exactly what happens with your personality or soul or however, however 
you want to to phrase it right so what's to say that like if you were able to keep your personality and soul and then be a vampire would that change your perspective on it I think it would. I mean, I think that's the whole point of the Dracula legend is that you you lose your soul when you become a vampire. Um, so, yes, if you didn't lose your soul, it would change your perspective. Now, that said, the desire for blood would still be there. The curse would still be there. So it would be hard to resist it. So you might become corrupted by it regardless. And, and that made the case, right? Depending on what yeah. time. Or maybe you could be... Because uh, I can't remember in the the movie Daybreakers, didn't they, they didn't go around just murdering everybody, right? Like they 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 had got it to a point where it was modernized vampires, right? Yeah, like they had like the whole industry and everything for it, right? Right. Yeah. So, I, you know, I guess it depends on, on just where you diverge from that. So. Now I have a question to get back to the show. I have a question about something. When she brings up the tree, you see some fruit on it. Does anybody else get the sense that it's the Garden of Eden? And they all came out Mm. from the Garden of Eden. Oh, that's I don't know. All these different species. Um, there's things called well yeah because i mean i wonder if this was like the tree of life or that's what i was wondering exactly what i was wondering yeah because i mean part of me because when i first saw that i was thinking tree of life or was that oh what uh the 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 tree of life uh from the old norse legends yeah right I think that that's something that's that's what I was thinking for first to be honest yeah I thought that first until I saw like the in that in this episode there's like the tree looks really magnificent it's got fruit on it it just made me think of the Garden of Eden and I started thinking of all these different species getting exiled and spread out from the garden after the humans are kicked out and everything you know the thing is the the minute you said I mean when you said that I was think I was remembering thinking about that a little too was think um you know because it kind of all goes back to you know we all have the same ancestry if you will we all all go back to the garden of eden um the one thing that i i i as like talking earlier talking about me being a christian the book of life is something totally different in the bible it's completely different it's a book of who is a believer, a true believer in God, and who isn't? And that's the you know the book of life is a, essentially a book of a list of all all those who's all those who believed. This book of life is something completely different. But the thing is, this book of life, I'm not familiar with pagan lore or anything like that. But I have a feeling there's a book of life that's that that this book fits more with that than it does biblically. So, right. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. I mean, they're all Catholics, basically. In in this, because it's it's um. That's another reason I was wondering that is because they're all a lot of them are Catholics. Yeah, but 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 again, yeah, it does definitely seems like they're obviously trying to throw in a little paganism too. But then they also said at the end that basically vampires, demons, and witches are really just all humans. You know, um, in a sense, because I I if I may be mistaken, but Matthew. Or, or Baldwin or someone said, we're, we're all really just the same. It's mm-hmm. just that some of us have different powers. Because, in, in other words, the DNA is all human. It's just that some of them 
turned people to be geniuses. Some turned people to have magic spells, and some people were turned into uh, eternal life, um, in a sense. So, I mean, I guess you could throw it in as part of the Christian religion, um, and specifically Catholicism, uh, in at least in this universe, if DNA is just DNA. You know, so whether you're you have the DNA of the demons, witches, or vampires in you, it doesn't matter because it's still just quote unquote human DNA. It just has some mystical thing to that DNA. In other words, mysticism or supernatural things are connected to DNA now in this world, um, assuming that all these quote unquote magical creatures are really just people. Well, and if it's DNA, it's kind of scientific, right? It becomes where magic is just a way of using the universe. Yeah. Well, that was that was what that was what Diana was trying to to talk about when she was the representative for the for the vampires. Right. You know, for the vampire for the vampire, or or at least at least uh, the the Claremont. Right. For the declare, yeah, for the Declaremonts. I mean, she went in and she says, "I can prove this." She gives it to she gives her studies to one guy and the guy's sitting there looking at this almost like, oh, my goodness, I'm you could just see it's like I I need some time to really go through this. But you can tell he was getting convinced pretty quickly and everybody else, the other witches and all except your bear were getting convinced very quickly and they realized, you know, and and the funny part is it all revolved around the demons. Yes. You know, and it's all because they didn't, there was not enough DNA in the rest of them. So, you know, the, the splitting up was what was causing the, the problems in the first place, which was causing the, the, witch, the witches to lose their power. In the Which goes back to Barrett's point, which is yeah. it's all scientific. Because right. if, if you remove certain DNA from the gene pool of the world, because of uh, like a, a giant earthquake happens, and then or or, or the the pla- plates shift, and and so the you know South America is now not part of Africa anymore or whatever. You know, I mean they've they've done studies where they've done a highway, and how it splits splits a town in half, and the squirrels on one side of the highway suddenly become different than the squirrels on the 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 other side of the highway after like 10, 20, 30 years, because the DNA of each squirrels aren't intermingling anymore. So if there were more darker colored haired squirrels on one side of that highway, they're all dark now, while the ones on the other side are all white or gray. And it's just because of some unnatural barrier that prevents it. And so if they made this, this rule where the creatures can't intermingle and whatnot, then it's an unnatural barrier, and and as a result, um, yeah, that like like we see with um, monarchies where um, they intermarry, and then you have um, um, uh, what was that? disabilities, like deformities, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, disability. Exactly. I was trying to be as politically correct as possible. Uh, um, so. Yeah, you know, so uh, it's it's a curiosity, and it's actually kind of an interesting thing, especially when, again, this comes back to what you said, Barrett. It's all science. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. Uh, did I just end that conversation, or did, did anybody else want to add to that conversation? <laughs> I guess I I didn't mean to because I was just making a point. I wasn't trying to end the conversation. No, but we've been talking a long time about this stuff, and we haven't even talked about anything in the beginning of the episode. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because a lot of this, a lot of this stuff actually is the end of the episode. Which, it is. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, what we and ramifications about, of everything. The funny part about all this, though, is that it's kind of solving the mystery that we've been faced with for the entire show. I mean, right. not just this season, not just this episode, but the entire show. Right. You know, and so we realize that it's all genetic. You know, it's it's interesting. Right, right. Well, and, yeah, and, and that's, you know, I mean, they had the, you know, we didn't catch it, but there was the Chekhov's gun at the beginning of the, of the season three where they talk about, Oh, it's DNA, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it never occurred to us, you know, until six episodes later or four episodes later or whatever it was that that was a Chekhov's gun all along and it explains and solves pretty much the whole issue that you just mentioned, uh, Kevin, that was a curiosity all the three seasons. So, um, all right, so let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about some of the more specific stuff rather than the scientific uh, and philosophy or the universe that Deborah Harkness created and talk about some of the scenes, um, too. Diana so, is a badass. Also, Diana also, doesn't need a team. She can no, be her own team. Also, also, Baldwin <laughs> is is the, the man. man. He's yeah. redeemed. He's redeemed. Yeah. Hey, I was always yeah. Team Baldwin. I said it way back. So I'm oh, I liked here. Baldwin. Yeah, and Domenico got his Venice, so that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I, there was one disappointment, in my opinion, and Satu didn't get her head ripped off and killed like like Benjamin. She deserved pure death. She I did, but know. I think it was a fate worse than death. This this is, yeah. yeah, for her, yeah. that's worse than death. Yeah, she unfortunately got, she, got she could come back. Yeah, because Diana got out of being spellbound. But that yeah. took a lot. That took it a lot did, but it's possible. Any possibility makes it mean I kill Satu. Right, no coming because, back from that. You know what it is? It, it's similar to it's similar to uh, someone being thrown in jail for life. And then you have this one scumbag governor, and I'm only talking about the United States because I only know U.S. law, where <laughs> that comes in and goes, I pardon you. And then his life sentence goes down from life without parole to um, 20 years with parole, and then he's out. And it's like, holy shit, that guy just got out. So Satu, Barrett's 100% right. If you don't take her out and give her the, the maximum punishment, which is the same as Benjamin – then she could come back and, and cause all this crap all over again. It was so the same like try- stuff I saw. It's like trying to take the throne and not killing all other people that could possibly be part of the bloodline. You take them all out. You don't have anybody else that can be brought in to take your place. You just don't do it. You don't leave them alive. Sorry. Sean, and it was, yeah, no, and it's just what <laughs> I was saying about Knox last week is that you can't leave him to be around because he's not going to stop. And I can't imagine Satu is going to stop. Right. She's just right. going to become just, more mad. And I mean, mad as crazy. And just like, but just like Shabir too. Right. Like that's what happened to Benjamin. He them. became crazy because he became a vampire and left out in the wind. Right. So <laughs> can we say that Satu, Sean, can we say Satu similar to that? I, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, 
she's a different type of evil compared to Benjamin, but yeah, like without magic, a, she could become insane because yeah. she's so used to it that all she could think about is vengeance and she could still use human vengeance to get after yeah. them. All she, has to do is pull out a, all she has to do is pull out a gun and shoot Diana when Diana's at the supermarket. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, exactly. Diana's dead. She's dead. That's it. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say though, that I did feel that, uh, it was, as I said, I was joking that Diana didn't need a team, unlike Matthew. Um, like, it basically, it seemed like all she needed was Miriam to kick down the door. And then <laughs> and for them to stand around and all. watch her do all the Well, stuff. that's the one thing about this series, including season three specifically, is that it was the worst kept secret that Diana was the most powerful person in the entire universe. And... And so it was so obvious that she could have just gone haywire seven episodes ago. So yeah. that first episode and, and just fi fixed everything just on her own, even without the backing of uh, the DNA stuff. And, uh, you know, in other words, she she we all knew she was super, super powerful. She was she was like a, she's like Superman or Wonder Woman in this universe. But they could so, have done this differently. They could have had more enemies so that the rest of the people could fight stuff. Well, that's what that would have made it more enjoyable. Well, than, well, let me go back for a second, Barrett, since you brought that up. It was uh, like De Debbie big power killing everybody. Debbie Ledesma uh, wrote this again in her email. And I brought the same email up that you just read, Sean, uh, in the books. Benjamin has a small army to keep, yeah. to help him so the Knights of Lazarus fight them while Diana takes on Knox and Benjamin to rescue Matthew. Diana dealt with Satu earlier. So it, this was much huger than um, what we saw in the TV show. And they should have stayed with that because what it did yeah. was it was anticlimactic because nobody else was really involved. Well, and she was so powerful, she just stopped everybody. Well, and, and it's just still here. Yeah. Good. Well, I, I was just going to say that it, it I, yeah, I, I felt, I felt Knox's the battle with Knox was anticlimactic. The mm -hmm. battle with Setu was completely anticlimactic. The battle with Benjamin was completely anticlimactic. They were all outmatched. And and and, and uh, Javier was completely out, uh, unclimatic. So 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 there was like. It was well, his was good. His I expected. His was to his was the way. best. His was, his the, was best. the best. Yes. Yeah. Because the other was, ones should have had more people. Yeah, they should have had more people that were involved, so that everybody was involved in the fight. And meanwhile, the fight with Satu should have been longer. She shouldn't have just instantly taken her out. Like, I bind you. You're done. <laughs> you have well, no it, power. Well, well, her debt. Her downfall was as easy as Knox. It was basically the same thing. You know, it was like they had the spell, they're doing the spell, and then you see the thing going around her just like we saw around Knox. After finger, done. And yeah. done. And and then Benjamin, and not that he was an important character because he really had no, he, he had what, one scene last season and then they suddenly made him like the a big villain this season. Again, in the book, it was probably much better and he was more, much more of a bigger of a character probably. And then she just does another spell and kills him with it with the arrow. So it's like it was it was like somewhat disappointing. And then when that happened, it's like what a horrible and plan. That was, that was all in fifteen <laughs> minutes of the show. So we still had like thirty minutes left. Let's go. What the hell did the hatch? Are happen? we done? Yeah. yeah. It, it's like they planned so horribly. It's like yeah, we know you don't know how powerful Diana is, but come on, wouldn't but you? We have knew. Million? 
It was. That's what I'm saying. It was the big. It, it was the, the worst kept secret in the entire entire show. We knew she was a super <laughs> superhero. She was. Miss, she I was mean, Captain Marvel. I was, I, I was hoping for a good lightsaber fight scene or yeah. the equivalent of. You know, I was good for. I mean, I was. The thing is, I remember last last week we were told that the the Satu Diana fight, the 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 boss level was anticlimactic in the book. In the book yeah. And so they decided to keep it that way from the books. And so I can't, I cannot blame the, the producers and all that. Well, wait, wait, I have a point. I have a point to that because okay. they, they killed Knox differently because Knox is in this, is supposed to be in this fight. They could have made the Satu fight anticlimactic and had her taken out like Knox was really simply, but this fight could have been very climatic battle. Like Knox could have been there, Benjamin could have been there, and I'm lots not, of just. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you there. I mean, what actually? I mean, personally, what I would have liked to have seen, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm not saying I'm not saying I was disappointed. I still am not disappointed. I might be the minority here, but I wasn't. No, I wasn't disappointed. I liked okay. it. It just could have been better. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that you could have had more of the boss level fights. Because yeah. you had, because even Satu said we're both weavers, so I mean you could have had a real good knockdown, drown out, knockdown, drawn out fight, or just a big, you know, a big show of lights, and you know Satu is like really trying, and Diane is just kind of like wisp, you know, like deflecting them all and shooting back at her, until finally Diana like brings brings out like the big guns. And just the look on Satu's face is, oh my goodness, she's more powerful than I expected. Boom, you know. Yes. I, I, that well, would have been that would have been a little bit. A little, there's a little bit of a climat, climactic, you know, thing to that, and that would have been fine. That would have probably been a little better. The but boat that's was cool, well, that's, I have to say. That that's why the Phoenix episode from season two was awesome because it had suspense. It lasted perfect timing it wasn't like a marvel movie or a star wars movie where there's a battle that goes on for 40 minutes it's like what the fuck am i watching and it wasn't 30 30 let me rephrase that five seconds like in this episode <laughs> so why couldn't they have done something like the phoenix from season two for the battles with Knox and satu and then this one here there's a great movie called the shooter starring john wayne his last movie before he passed and at the very end, he's he he was a gunslinger, and all these people wanted to kill him because they could, you know, say they're the better gunslinger than him. So he set he sends out notices to the th to these three guys that want to kill him that are really good gunslingers, and they meet all at a bar. And he goes in. Everybody's just drinking, you know, but they know why they're there. And then there's this huge gunfight that goes on for like about five minutes, like the Phoenix scene. And it was awesome. It was one of the great, greatest Westerns ever. And the thing is, they didn't do that for these characters. And, and, it, and it was like so disappointing, especially when they had done it so well with the Phoenix in the prior season. And they built these characters up to be so bad. Right, and not just bad, just, but badass. Right, and then they're just—he's taken out with a an arrow, a fire arrow to the chest, and disintegrates. And and Satu is just totally spellbound with no recourse. It just—it 
it kind of stretched believability almost because she was so powerful. It was like the DM's favorite character finally, you know, got to win the adventure. <laughs> right, right, right. What I was going to say was it felt like you had gone through the video game, you unlocked all the cheat codes, and now you were playing through a game. And basically anyone who gave you any challenge in the first time around was nothing. Like right. basically just you just walk through good. them. Well, and that, that, that's a good reference because we already used the, the the boss level reference, which yeah. is these should these should have been the boss the boss battles, right? And and they weren't. So I mean, what you said, Sean, is like after you finish like Resident Evil Village, which I just played last year, which is considered one of the top ten games of twenty twenty one, rightfully so because it's awesome. After you complete it, you can restart it with with a, a character. And that character gets to keep all the weapons and the gold and all, you know, that you found in the first time you played it. So you have a better chance to just, you know, go right through and, and take everybody out. And that's what this felt like. This felt like more the second time through, as you said, using the, your video game reference, Sean. And as a result, that you know, that's cool if you're playing a video game. But in a show that had three seasons of Satu and and Knox, especially, and, and then nothing happens. It's kind of disappointing. And and I, I'm not. And it's well, just let me add this, Sean, before yeah, you, sure, you, sure. you respond. Which is, it kind of seems that may have been the case in the books too, because Debbie and Lila and and such that have emailed us have kind of said that a lot of these villains in the books were very anticlimactic. So. If you're going to take a book that was anticlimactic, when you bring it to the screen, you would think you would juice it up a little to make it more exciting. Because, again, a visual um, sh television series or movie is much different than saying seeing it on a page. But uh, go on, Sean. Well, I, just, I guess even using the Dungeons & Dragons idea, right? If you're a DM and you have your character set out, but either your party is too overpowered so that it anyone that you throw at them just gets wiped out without any challenge or you make your villains so difficult that they murder the party, right? It isn't fun. Like you want to have a story where, yeah, there's, there's danger. There's a sense of danger. There's tension, but not, not so little that it doesn't, it just, what well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So there none was of no these tension. people mattered. Yeah. There was no tension or, because, because of how it worked. It, it, it was just, okay. She's so powerful. She's got the book of life in her. Nobody can stop her. So like you basically say, the first 15 minutes is she just walks through everybody. And then the, the rest of the, the 30 minutes left for the episode is let's tie up all the other stuff. Right. Like, and that's, that's, why, that's, that's where you came from, Sean, when we were talking offline. How, yeah, maybe it, they could have had a second episode. Yeah. You know? They could have I mean, done this as a full episode. This, these fights the battle, lasted right. as a battle yeah. for the penultimate episode. And then the finale would have been the politics. Yeah. And right. then and we're yeah, that way. Yeah, they could, they could have had this episode, the Battle of Knox, the Battle of Satu, and the Battle of Benjamin. And then another episode after this episode as the, the, the politics, Jabir, and, and the council and the DNA. And then the wrap-up of the happiness. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. And that Diana is now like, uh, Supergirl, 
yeah. or Wonder Woman or <laughs> Captain Marvel or whatever. We can use male figures too, so Batman or Superman or whatever. So in other words, she was going to be the 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 alpha, you know, and and she and she does. The the show doesn't really show it enough because. When I go to the the, um, the Facebook groups, they said, "What happened? What how what, with Diana and all that?" And they're saying, "Well, what happened was is that she becomes the the basically the harbinger of the goddess." So again, this takes away from the Christianity that you were talking about earlier, Kevin, um, where the goddess, which we saw, you know, in season two, um, she she has Diana lose her fear. And then she becomes a hammer for the goddess to to uh, you know do good in the world. And the reason she becomes the hammer of the goddess and agrees to do it is because she it, the goddess will save Matthew. Now it wasn't that clear, as it seems like none of us knew that, and a lot of people in the Facebook groups didn't either. But that's what a lot of the people that either understood it better than us. Or read the books and understood it because of the books. And so, again, this comes back to where you come in, Sean, which is the season was too short. And, yeah, and just, again, like, this is, I would had no clue that was what was intended. Again, I don't know the books, so I didn't have them as a, a point of reference. But I did not get that she was the hammer for the goddess. <laughs> at the end of yeah. this i just no not a not a bit <laughs> no i right. got what i got out of this was a satisfying ending that wrapped everything up in a nice little bow yep. but it wasn't a, the greatest episode i've ever seen it it does not stand as the top it's not one of the greatest finales of all time absolutely not I, yeah. I think i said to you barrett uh, offline is that Comparing this to the Peacemaker season finale, yes. night and day. Not saying yeah. that this is bad, but the Peacemaker finale was so great because it was poignant. It had the sense of danger and the tension. Um, it was rewarding for the ending, and it mm-hmm. built up for what was going to happen next. Whereas, And I know this is different in the sense that this is the series finale, so it's not going to be able to do the building up for next stuff or whatever. But it didn't have that tension. It didn't have that that real point, like your concern, that these characters aren't going to make it. One of these yeah. characters isn't going to make it. And basically, everyone made it through. Like, the only person who basically paid the price then was Emily back in season two. It's going to take a lot for any any series finale to beat Six Feet Under for me. Um, and it doesn't even come close to that series, that series ending. I mean, that that's the ultimate show ending I've ever seen. So even the breaking bad finale was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's my second favorite. <laughs> like, per, like if you're going to like a very high acclaimed series, there's a reason. And it was rewarding for all the time he put in to watch these shows to then feel that, okay, you, okay, this ties up stuff. I'm cool. And then you can go on to the, the uh, uh, the the Saul the Saul show the prequel show and that's yeah, right. the Better Call Saul and enjoy that and then see where other stuff comes from right well well and and also a lot of times it's not even just a finale right I mean everybody says yeah. finale 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 but it's really the last three to five four episodes right because you know like Breaking Bad even though um, it's not necessarily one of my favorite 
TV shows of all time. It's a great series. Th- those last four episodes with, with, with his brother-in-law and, and him. And, you know, and, and so if you're going to, you know, like here, if, if this season was as awesome as it could have been, the Knox finale would have been very memorable in the penultimate episode or a prior episode even before that. But they didn't have that, you know. the the one, one the one death that really was unbelievable to me was when Diana was and uh, Matthew were, were took off to the 1590s, and that really hot curly haired vampire was attacking her, and she they had to throw her through the barn and all that. You remember that in, in yeah. season one? That mm-hmm. was friggin' awesome, and that yeah. and she was a great villain. And then they, they and then she gets taken out, and it's like wow, they wiped out a, one of the best villains. And and then when Knox, it's like it was nothing. So if and you know, no spoiler alert for Breaking Bad, but the brother-in-law, when that whatever happens to him, and and with in that series in Breaking Bad. That was like remarkable, you know, or or what happens and no spoilers for Game of Thrones, but what happens with Ned Stark, you know, and 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 these things were memorable. They were great, but and and they weren't even the the final season, the final episode yeah. of the series, you know what I'm saying? And here, Knox was nothing, Satu was nothing, Benjamin was nothing, and it's like well, I, the, it, I, so the. I, it, you know, and, and also this whole season was kind of a disappointment, in my opinion, because it didn't focus enough on Diana because it was mostly a Matthew story. Because a lot of times, most of the time, Diana was was, you know, I guess, sitting in bed because she was pregnant. But but that that didn't mean they had to write her character out as as the the, the lead like she was in the first two seasons. But you was going to say something, Kevin. Was it you, Kevin? Uh well, yeah, it's just the the, um, the thing that I had about like the the Knox death. Personally, I think it being anticlimactic was fitting for Knox because remember, and I mentioned this a lot last week, is that his main power was in that little orb thing of his, and so when it came time for him to go up against. Um, you know, go up against another witch, you know, in this case, Sarah. You mean, uh, was, who's Sarah? Which, oh, Sarah, Sarah's yeah, the, the aunt. Yeah, the aunt, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, the aunt. You know, so in other words, you know, Aunt Sarah, the quote-unquote kitchen witch, was still more powerful than uh, the Knox, that it got to that because re- like remember last week i mean he she was doing that whirlwind thing around and his only thing was trying to reach in and try to pull out that orb where if he was a some even a halfway powerful witch he wouldn't have needed it he would he would not have needed it that's why i think him well, being anticlimactic was was actually very you know was almost suitable for Knox because he it, it, all in all, he was not as powerful as he tried to make himself out to be. Well, and that's a fair point, Kevin. And, and if this was, we were reading the books and we, we, you know, they, that was part of the book. I would concur, you know, that, that's, that works fine. And, and based off of what we saw in this season where he just became like a behavioral health individual, where he was all wackadoo. like, what's that? Yeah. Wackadoo if you prefer. Wackadoo. Um, it, it, but, but 
but since this is a visual medium and right. they built the character up so you know he, he was like the Darth Vader of of this the series and then to just have him just become like this poor slob that had no power that was then just killed it's like damn that kind of sucked you know, and, and so it, I think it's maybe maybe it's because it's the visual medium versus mm-hmm. versus the you know if we had read the books and and his character in the books and his fate in the books, if this is it, it's it, it would be more dramatic and, and understandable and not and quote unquote exciting maybe, you know, but I don't know. I, maybe well, maybe I'm, uh, yeah, go on, Sean. Sorry, I was just going to say like touching on what you touched about with other series like um, with the Sopranos that was a divisive. Uh, finale for people yep. but the build-up was to it was good and then the showrunner came out i think actually last year when the, the the prequel movie came out asking like what was the actual result of the finale and right. he, he told the results and i don't like i don't know it was maybe it should have been off, maybe it should have been screened right they should have filmed it, it right or something right it just um it's just because you put so many t- or so much time in to watch the seasons that when you get something where it's done off screen, say that may, that may be like, you feel that you weren't rewarded for the the time and effort you put in to watch it. Right. And right, like, right, when you're looking, right. so, yeah. I mean, it just, it's it like, there's, it's, I imagine it's very difficult when you're doing a series or creating characters and either, as I say, like we talked about before, never, never mind a budget, right. Never mind a budget, budget and, and amount of time that you're allowed. Yeah. But when you're trying to tell the story, right. Like, Every season, your bad, big bad has to get badder, right? You don't because then, again, you lose the, the tension and the suspense of danger if you don't. So right. you get to a point where, like, you almost, like, you run out of what you can do. Right. Kind of thing. Well, well, so well, like, well, Sh- well Sean, you, you saw Game of Thrones. Or, or you introduce a new baddie. Not just yeah. like Benjamin, but right. really bad, yeah. like like Ramsey. Ramsey was a great character. No matter how much you hated him, he was great, and the actor was fantastic. And yep. he he wasn't even in the first two seasons, you know. Right. And, and and suddenly suddenly they just introduced this guy. And it's like, hey, who's this guy? Whatever. And then suddenly it's like, or, or um, uh, you're you're on Greyjoy. He was great. I mean, you know, and and he just came in season five, I think it was, and he was so. But but yeah, so unless you make your baddies like Cersei's in, in Game of Thrones or whatnot, or or our lead in Breaking Bad, and how we we slowly find out that he's really a scumbag and not not you know the teacher that he pretended he was, you know, it, it builds up. But in in this in this season here, you know. Knox went down instead of up. And when you, someone goes psycho, like Knox, even if he lost power, like you said, um, Kevin, maybe they should have had him like assassinate one of the, the Claremonts or one of the lesser characters or something. And, and it's like, holy smoke. So even though he's a nobody now and he's just a, a behavioral health individual or wackadoodle, as you prefer, he, they could have made him like, oh, my God, he just changed the whole whole series and whatever you know like like what happens in ozark uh season three finale you know what happens to the lawyer in there you know it's or even season one for christ's sakes so 
<laughs> yeah, it's just unfortunate. Well, you know? I would also say, like, going back to the Game of Thrones thing, look at how the series built up the White Walkers and the Night King. Right. And, and what nice happened? It's nice and slow. But, right? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that you built up all the stuff, and then when you did what they did, what was left over felt like, okay. Yeah, right? that's true. Because yeah. you had built up the enemy to be such a force, a actual force of nature, that actually, when you take them off the board, right, and just okay, Sean, I don't Sean, think Game of Thrones is a good example because they their end did, didn't do much. Better. Yeah, but we're talking about uh, <laughs> the penultimate and the prior episode before that. And, but uh, Sean, uh, yeah, what, what do you tell the god of death? Oh, uh, Valor Malgulis. No, 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 it's, uh, uh, oh. uh today, uh, what do you, uh, something about the death, you know, you, you don't, what do you, I wish I, I screwed what it up. You, now you I screwed it up. It's my fault. Sorry. <laughs> it was basically, she, she said, she says that great. Is it line, not today? Red, yeah, not today. Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Sorry, my brain uh, shut down. No, I, I screwed up the whole quote. I, uh, but, <laughs> But that was awesome. <laughs> but I just today. like in the sense of like if you're looking at Knox was had power, and then this you know whether it was tied to his talisman thing or not, right? He still should have been able to have used some of it, right? And like you said, take out a secondary character so that it gives you that sense of danger that like you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I got it. I got it. What but, do we say to the god of death? Not today. There we go. There okay. we go. Fine. Okay. So go ahead, Sean. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, uh, let's, or whoever. Yeah. Didn't, um, I mean, even though we still technically, you know, didn't hear, and even though we still technically didn't see any, any true evidence, you know, wasn't it, um, Knox who took out that demon guy because he was looking for the, uh, the, the, the book That's of light. Right. Yeah. Well, he did the ritual. And yeah. Yeah. that ended up to uh, leading to Timothy's death. But I mean, if you would see him take out someone who was within Important. that group, that yeah. it would have made that more dangerous, made him more dangerous. Because like the whole idea was that he was off the, the leash or whatever, right? He wasn't bound by the council or co the congregation right. stuff anymore. Right. That he's just going to do whatever, do what he wants, right? Right. And so you took that away, like you built it up, but then you didn't, like bring it to a conclusion that would be more satisfying, I guess, like with well, you well, saying in the battle, right? Well, 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 that, that's the thing that's interesting about, about Jobert. Jobert is like, and I don't want to sound, you know, because you, you should never use um, uh, World War II analogies incorrectly, but, <laughs> but Jobert is like a Hitler. All right. And he had all these laws that he created and he had William Frick, uh, and and uh, Judge Freisler uh, followed through with all these laws, even if they were all illegal and corrupt. He got them through legally, through the quote unquote legally, through that dictatorial parliament. And that's what Jabir was doing. So he would say, well, you, oh, well, well, Diana, you killed these three people. So you shouldn't even be sitting on the council and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And even though he's broken every law himself, yeah. you know, and and while while Knox wasn't bound by that using the law illegally to 
you know, in loopholes like Jabir was. So at that point, Knox was like just a, some crazy um, hitman or something, you know, like, like or he was like, like, uh, um, eager, uh, Anton Chigurh from, from, uh, uh, no country for old men. He was just this character that, that was independent, could do anything he wants, but he was insane. Like, but not a psychopath insane, like, uh, Anton Chigurh, but unhinged insane. So when he was out there, and he, and he still had some power because, you know, he killed that Timothy the demon and he threw um, a Hubbard's witch across the room and almost killed her. And yet, it's like you said, Sean, it's just, it was just so anti, I don't know, I, maybe I'm just repeating over and over the same stuff, you know? We are. But, but it's a point, though. It's a point yeah. that's valid to bring up. Again, it doesn't mean that the show is any lesser. It's just right, that right, right, right. it would have been nice if this stuff had been able to be addressed maybe in a different way. Could have been better. It could have been yeah. so much better uh, rather than anticlimactic. Better and didn't is the disappointment. <laughs> sure, sure. Because we've seen better, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we just named uh, a bunch of shows, even the ones that had finale. Even this that- show, The Phoenix, like you said. Yeah, so- <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now, all right. So, so we talked a lot about of uh, about you know the quote unquote anticlimactic battle scenes, you know. But there's still a lot more to talk about, and we did talk about the DNA stuff too. But we can talk about some of the other stuff. Um, what do we want else? We want to talk about um, Baldwin's redemption. Yeah, that that's huge. Let's talk about that because I've always been a fan of the Baldwin character because I'm always the technocrat. When it comes to um, characters, that's why I always loved um, uh, uh, Stan. Uh, what, what was Baratheon, the, the king Baratheon that I always liked? Um, Stannis. Stannis. Yeah, I always he's loved Stannis. Stannis. Yeah, he's my favorite he's character in the books. Yeah, <laughs> I and like he's, him. He, yeah, he's awesome. He was awesome. A lot of people thought he was just like a putz and insignificant, didn't have charisma or whatever. But he followed Boy, everything. children. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did do that. That was kind of uncool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if he did in the in the TV series, maybe in the books, but in the TV series, he burned he burned a lot of people. That's for sure. Um, but didn't they burn his daughter? They burned his daughter in, in, in yeah, the show. Sure. In yeah, the show, they did do that. They did that. They <laughs> he did allowed that. that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, let's get back. Let's, all right, right, right. But but my point is, is that that I, I've always liked Baldwin because he was the guy that said, "This is what the law says. The law makes sense. This is why the law makes sense." Um, I'm not just being old school and living 40 years too, too behind. The law says this. It says it, and it's and it's and it's good. It's, it's legit. Not, it's legit. Right, right. It's not it's not fake law like 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 I use with the Third Reich. This is real law. This is legit. So I always like Baldwin because because of that. Now his character stays even better when he finds out that Jaber has been manipulating it because then he turns right. on it. When he realizes that Jaber is manipulating the congregation, then right. it's all over. Then it's about family. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and um, um, and, and, he, and he shows that he did have some jealousy there at the end. Like, I always thought Dad was going to choose you over me, you know, and when he's talked to Matthew. That was a Matthew, good makeup scene, though, right? That, I mean, was, that, was, that, was, that was the type of scene they should have had. Five episodes ago, so it's ago in New Orleans, when, when I, or, or whenever when I was talking about it. You remember when I was talking about I, yeah, I like, when, it, it, together, and it's like 
if this was real life, they would have sat there for an hour and they would have worked the things out, you know. So it was cool. And then also the other cool thing about uh, Baldwin, too, was when he comes in and immediately everybody goes, Baldwin, what are you here for? Get out of here. And Diana goes, oh, I, I invited him. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Well, and that's the thing that's brilliant about Diana's character is that she knew the type of person Baldwin is. That he is the technocrat, and if he she showed him all these things, he would go. You're right. You're absolutely right. And and, and even yep. if if Jabir was did make him turn a little bit, say, well, maybe it's not as what I thought. Let's say he still believed in the council 100. percent When he walked in that room and she showed him everything, he would have been convinced because that's the type of person he is. Because he yeah. always uses logic, logic, logic. and stats. Exactly. Logic and stats. Exactly, Barry. <laughs> yeah, and that's what was great about the character. So let's talk also, about it. What do you yeah. want to talk about? I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say also that I like the fact at the end where he's holding one of the babies yeah, to show awesome. that he's like connecting with the family and like just give, showing that other side of him. Because yeah, you've yeah. seen kind of like a conflicted side of him, right? Where he's either all business with, you know, or he just won't have anything to do with. So it's nice to see him come and kind of show that softer side. Right. Right. And that yep. he's accepting this situation and he's willing to change, which was a question. And, you know, to show that there's hopefully better things ahead for everyone. Right. Well, and I well, think that change yeah. is very important for, for an immortal creature. They yeah. have to be able to live century to century. And there's a lot of change over that time period. So if they can't, that's where I think they would fall and they would be killed or would, you know, something would go wrong because they're not focusing on how the world is changing around them. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like, you know, I, I have, like I said, I have uh, two little girls um, as daughters. And, you know, I, I remember what them else like, they be? Like, like five years <laughs> ago. I remember them like five, say one of them, you know, she's eight and six. My eight-year-old, like five years ago, I remember a certain thing when when me and her did something or whatever, and and now when I look at her now, it's still the same person. But then when Facebook comes up and says, uh, "Here's a memory from five years ago," you, you know, uh, do you want to reshare it? And I look at it, I go, "Holy shit, she com- looks completely different. Every- everything's different, so, and yet we're still the same people, even if we grown a certain way." And and you're absolutely right. If if these characters, these vampires, these eternal beings don't change and don't know they're changing because they see the world so slow, like we kind of do when we see children grow up, then they could be ultimately doomed if they're not prepared for these changes. And changes aren't just technology and nations changing and stuff. It's also perspective and survival. So I think you're absolutely right, Barrett. You you you, pin, you pinpointed that perfectly, um, and 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 that that's what what I think. Um, Baldwin, when presented with information, whether it's from Domenico or Diana, and I don't think it's just him being self self interest. I think I think he, he, again, it comes down to, oh, this this is this is the truth. This is this is what this is how it should be. So he's not just being self-centered. He's actually looking at everybody and saying, this is how the best way to go. Yep. So, yeah. And he also had the other good scene with Isabel where they were holding the sword. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. That was nice. So, yeah. Yep. 
You yeah, got to see awesome. the softer side of him, which is nice. So. Well, well and, and the best scene of all with, with him, to be honest, was when here he is, this powerhouse that, that is part of the council, basically the government of all witches and demons and vampires. And he said, and he says, yeah, there's nothing we can do. You know, we, they're, they're never going to vote for it. They're not, you know, whatever. Diana would go in there and she's, I can't protect her. There's nothing. And they're all like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh shit. And then he goes, but there's one thing. And he says, Diana, you, you, you represent the family and I'll, I'll step down so you can, at, for, at least for this day. Yeah. So you can go in and, and boom, uh, take it all out with a snap. And how perfect it was it that Philip, Philippe made her part of the family? Yep. How perfect. Right, right. It's almost like he had a premonitions and stuff, you know, when he really yeah. didn't. It's it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that scene when, when he said there is something because it showed that because, you know, early, later in the scene, you know, later in the episode, he says, yeah, I was worried that, uh, you know, Philippe was going to choose you over me, Matthew. But meaning he didn't want to lose power. He didn't want to lose favor. He didn't want to lose credibility or importance. And yet to take the logic that was presented to him by Diana by stepping down and, and, and basically sacrificing that power, he, 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 he's really, he's oddly, he's the true hero of the whole series. And he stuck to Jaber, so that was great too. <laughs> yes, it was because right. because yeah. Jaber wasn't expecting that, right? Well, and, and the so- best best was that they all voted against him too. It wasn't <laughs> so everyone. I mean, he had he had enemies of everyone there because he had screwed them all over at one point or another. And it was a yeah. great sequence yeah. when they're all when the group is all standing there at the end, like they were in the the congregation chamber, and he's off to the side by himself alone, mm-hmm. right? I well, and, that was and, great. and and that's his own fault. Yes. Right. I mean, he could have said, all right, you know, I lost whatever it is, what it is, but you know, I still have some power. They still have no, I'm still of some significance. I should walk over there and go, all right, let's move forward. But again, pride, you know, the seven deadly sins for, you know, as you would mention, um, Kevin, sometimes, um, you know, you, you destroy you and you you become your worst enemy in a sense. Well, I mean, and it's funny because when he's talking about crimes and then Diana looks over at him and said, hey, you've got a few to answer for yourself. Right. Yeah, because he's the one that says Diana. Yeah, because when they first come in, he goes, ah, oh, Baldwin, excellent. You finally brought me Diana to, so we can punish her and all that. <laughs> and, and, and then he goes, no, no, that's not what, what, that, the case. She's the one that's representing our seat today. And then she comes up and he goes, well, you you murdered you know that, that the, the hot curly chick from season one. You murdered uh, Knox. You murdered, And then she, he said one other person. Of it was a big oh, – Benjamin oh, or something. Yeah, Satu. Someone on the council, even. Yeah, yeah, right. And and then and it's like it's like you know you know I mean and so he's he's basically gaslighting is what he's doing because then she comes back and basically says, "What about your crimes?" You know. Well, everyone that she killed, he was manipulating to attack her. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, for him to just show up at the aunt's house in New York. And at the Finger Lakes, oh man, was a, was illegal. So right there, it's like, dude, you just broke it the whole freaking law, you know? I mean, come yeah. on. Well, and there was the, the the time where he went to uh, Septor, right, to threaten Isabeau. 
And she basically yeah. put him in his in his uh, place. You have no dominion here. Like, oh, that's awesome. It's like Gandalf. You shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, well, yeah, because he came as as a threat instead of a, a negotiator. Right. Right. If he came as a negotiator and, and explained his side without trying to be a dink, then maybe she would have listened to him and still disagreed with him. But he was a dink. So well, she it's said, just Get his overconfidence, right? Yeah. That yeah. ego oh, he yeah. has. Yeah. Well, it's that plus the fact that they have been enemies for a very long time. I mean, it's, I mean, he is, I mean, there was no secret that he wanted to take out the, the Claremont family. And mm-hmm. he never, he, he never backed away from that. He never kept it a secret. I mean, it wasn't like a shock that, oh, wait, he wants to get rid of, he wants to get rid of the Claremont factory. Our factory. Well, well, you know, Kevin, am, am, am I right to say, Kevin, that that wasn't he? They said that he was partly responsible for Philippe's death by with the Nazis. Well, he was tied yeah. with Benjamin. Yes. He was tied yeah. with Benjamin. That was all part yeah. of his. Right, he was thing. influencing Benjamin. So yeah, he was. It's partially his fault that. Uh, and I mean, I, I got to give Isabeau the the kudos for the control that she that she showed because she was about right. I mean, you could tell she probably wanted to tear his throat out yeah. because I mean, they, they all know that, that he, she killed her husband. Yeah. That he, he is responsible for her death. You know, it's so, well, I mean, even and and the worst part is he, he keeps going on about how Philippe created these rules and he's the one that made sure that Philippe was killed. <laughs> Yeah, and right. did everything right. to it's, sabotage well, him. So right, he, he well, well, using, well, that's the thing. He was he was using the the council to to find loopholes. Yeah, you were saying something, Kevin. Well, he sounds like a politician, to be perfectly honest. But well, he is a politician. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like how many politicians do I see today? And I'm and I'm not gonna point fingers, and I don't want to go into it. You know, it's just I've seen politicians on both sides of the aisles. Say that in all different they, countries, they, not just the U.S. They so don't, bring up, yeah, they bring up the constitution. They bring up the constitution, or they bring up the law when it suits them. But when right. it doesn't suit them, they either completely ignore it or say, "Well, that law is just not justified, or we shouldn't do this." So, in other words, like they, they will bring up the law when it suits their wants or their their needs. <laughs> right. But you know, it doesn't. But if it doesn't, then they then they attack it and. Yeah, and, and that's I mean that that's all I'm gonna go on and go into about that one. But and that's and that is exactly what Gilbert does. Right. And you know, you can't you can't I mean it, it's pretty obvious to me at least, but yeah. Mr. Hypocrisy. <laughs> right, right. Well, he's 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 selectively picking the laws in the council that would work against Diana or any enemy of his. And then, besides using selective falling of the law, he's breaking the laws himself. He's finding loopholes. And then, he's not just doing all that, but he's pure evil in the sense that he uses the weaknesses of other flawed individuals, such as Knox and Satu and Benjamin and all these other people who are all evil, but are are somewhat also, uh, as a result, um, kind of like tragic because he was he he's he's the uh, the puppet master. Mm-hmm. 
because he, he thought he was, he thought he was the puppet master of Domenico and and Baldwin as well. Yep. You know, and so he was he really is when you think about it. No matter how despicable Satu is, because I, I thought she was the most evil of the bunch. Um, he's the worst because he was he's the puppet master. Wasn't that what I was saying a couple episodes ago about him being the worst evil because or worst kind of evil because he's the manipulator yeah. for causing all the other stuff. Yeah, he's oh, like yeah. he's like Charlie Manson. He's the guy that told everybody to go kill everybody, and he's sitting back and doing nothing. Or Obama. Bin Laden or whatever that scumbag's name is. He's just sitting back, you know, Osama. and he's telling all the, yeah, yeah, Osama. Yes. Yeah. He's 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 telling all these these bozos to go off and do all these terrible things without killing him himself. And 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 he's the manipulator. So you're you're absolutely right, Sean. And you called it way back, way back, you called it that he was the he's he's the pure evil behind the whole show. And so, it's brilliant. Well, I could well be right done, once Sean. in a while. Well done, <laughs> Sean. Well done. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is that his character is kind of interesting because when he's in the council, he, you know, he's kind of a dink. But he's not like pure evil in the council. It's all behind the scenes. It's when the manipulation. He, yeah, yeah. yeah when, right. When, when he's not when when he's when he's not on the council. And we ha- see him in all these other scenes. He's just pure evil. When he's in he's the council, he's got witches' heads in a box, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got heads in a box. you can't tell me that's legal, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it's it's brilliant. It, it, the character is brilliant. It, he's he's he truly is that politician. Where in the front, he just seems like a dink, but when he's behind the closed doors, he's pure evil. It's, 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 it was a, it was a great character, and the performance was fantastic Absolutely. by the actor. Yeah, the yeah. actor's great; does a great job. <laughs> yeah, indeed, he sure does. Um, and he has great hair too. <laughs> yeah, he's got a, a cool beard too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's well dressed. He's got all you know, all things going for him. Speaking well, of well dressed, I have to say, Miriam's miniskirt was friggin' awesome. Marion has a nice pair of legs. I'm sorry, I had to say it. Anyway, um, but but if you like women's fashion, Marion knows how to dress. This episode, she was fantastic. So fantastic. I was going to say, say Go Domenico's results were awesome. I was so happy to see how it played out, and just to see the smirk he kind of gave as Chabert realized everything was going down in flames, and <laughs> just a little sneaky smirk. I thought that was great. The thing I was going to ask if anyone else noticed this. And maybe in this, maybe I'm just pulling it to strings in the air or something. I don't know. Um, but Matthew seemed very reserved for the rest of the episode. Like yeah. it wasn't the Matthew we've seen for the the last two. Well, he was on an operating <laughs> table, all messed up. That's but like even after he came out, uh, after he came off, it seems like he. This is like his actual redemption, where now he can choose a different path. Right. Because he's he's yeah. had his near death experience, he's had his epiphany. Now he can be the nice person that D- Diana deserves to be with. Well, right. not and that only everybody that, else needs to deal with. Well, it, it, it's interesting because they said you know they, he doesn't need just anyone's blood; he needs the blood of the sire. You know, of a sire. In other words, he needed um, Isabel because yeah. she's the one who sired him, and so she did. And they're like, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? And all of a sudden he comes out and he's, I mean, you can tell he's healthy, but you can tell mentally he's a little, he's still recuperating. It's not like he's, he's not like he's shell-shocked, but he's just like, 
I just came out of a pretty nasty experience here and you know, I got to, you know, calm down. And the thing, you also see the change in him when he sees, um, uh, dang it, I forgot. The when he talks to it. Jack and he tells him, I love him or I love Jack, you. I love you. Nice. That's it. Bingo, bingo. And he says, you know, I love you. I mean, I mean, the only other time, I mean, just for him just to come out and say it that loud. I don't even think he said that to Diana once in the whole series. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, he would. Yeah, I don't think he said it like that. You know, he sounded like a loving parent in that moment. You know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Matthew the vampire. He wasn't Matthew the the lucky guy who got to marry Diana. It was he was Matthew the father. You know, he he. He, it's it's almost like he is he he is not in charge, and it's it, it shows that he is not the one in charge anymore. But I think he's also realize he's realizing it, accepting it, and it almost looks like he's enjoying it. It's like, hey, <laughs> I don't have to worry about this or that or the family or this. It's like I can re- I can just relax now. I can be a dad now. I can be. You right. know the the husband to my to wife. I could be the father of the kids. I could be the father of the ones I sired, be loving to them, and really and just be a good head of this scion, but not like a, almost not like a dictator. And I, I don't I, even know if he if he is the head of the scion based off of his his contract. I mean his talk with Baldwin. It sounded like he goes, "No, you're the leader. You're the better leader." You well, know, no, I mean, that's why he's no, yeah. no, because uh, Baldwin, well, Baldwin was never initiated into the Scion. But well, I don't even think the Scion exists. I, I think it was just going to exist if the council kept going. But since it got dissolved. Well, he's talking I, I, about I the think, Claremont family. Yeah. He's talking about the Claremont family, you know, like Isabeau and, and, and uh, Marcus and the rest of them. You know, he's that's why he was saying to Baldwin, you're the better leader, like for the family, not, you know, and so that's why, you know, he and even though they had their disagreements, it seemed pretty obvious that Matthew said, no, you're the one who should have been on the council, not me. Because, I mean, even Matthew knew he was a hothead and he was the one who killed a lot of people because Baldwin, you never hear a Baldwin killing witches. Right. Nope. He, I don't think he ever did. You're absolutely right. Right. Baldwin never killed witches. And so he had that. Um, I don't think so Baldwin he, killed anybody. Right, unless, exactly. it, unless, unless it went through the council and they said it had to happen. Or you know, even it wasn't, self it wasn't indiscriminate. Like, like Javier and Isabel both agreed that they indiscriminately just killed witches because they just hated witches. Right. Right. Because, I mean, that's why Isabeau said, you know, I can't go to uh, Emily's funeral because of my history. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, so Matthew kind of almost steps back from a leadership role. In other words, he's not the hothead. This is how it's done and all that anymore. And he's kind of given up power a little bit. It's kind of interesting. And, and that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't really know based off of how the show ends. We know Agatha is now the new quote unquote leader of this new form, form type of um, government, 
yeah, a government or, or a, con- a convent or whatever you want to call it. But we don't really know who is the true leader of at least this family that we've been following, which is the the the, the, the Claremonts. You know, I mean, you can guess, you can kind of see that maybe it is Baldwin. You can maybe say it's Diana. You can maybe say it's a combination of a bunch of people like Marcus is the leader of the Knights. Baldwin is the guy that will represent the family with Agatha. Diana is the all powerful, you know, being in the background. And Matthew is taking a break because, you know, the, the, his, his life, he's been beaten down so much from because of his own mistakes that he's just, you know, taking a, a seat and he's just going to be a, a, like a prophet figure to all the people around him who want wisdom. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just throwing all that out because we, we don't really know at the end, the formation, right? Right. No, I just like the idea though, of him actually having this near death experience and epiphany. And this is the genuine change. Not the, the I talk about I'm going to change kind of thing or whatever, but this generally changed him, right? So that he is a different person for himself and for everyone around him, right? So that it is a positive. And yeah, he's not a leadership person, so get him out of the leadership and let him focus on, you know, giving support and advice and and be that right. person exactly in the, in the, his role. So I, I like that role for him, where he's the person that gives advice. Uh, yep. And when I say advice wisdom not not you know like political advice well and he seems better able to give advice than take it that's yeah. for sure <laughs> that's for sure yeah absolutely. i was sad there was no hubbard though yeah hubbard yeah, was not in this was, episode was, at all that was yeah, sad. well yeah. and and that's the thing kevin kept on saying you know he was a father to jack but hubbard's really the father right to jack right so yeah, technically yeah yeah technically yeah so it is kind of interesting um so Jack is is a father because they were the ones that, I mean, I mean, uh, Matthew's the father because they were the ones that were the ones that took in Jack as a child and gave him uh, a family. But the person that actually sired Jack is Hubbard, I think, right? Yeah. Or, or yep. no? Or, or right? It wasn't. No. Yeah, it was Hubbard. It wasn't Benjamin. Right? It, was it was Hubbard. Hubbard. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Hubbard. Yeah. So it is kind of interesting. Um, and we got to see Hamish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He suddenly appeared back. The last two episodes, he's appeared, you know, after yeah. disappearing for a whole two, you know, twenty episodes. Um, so yeah, yeah. So he, that's interesting. Uh, and he, he's actually um, his character. It's a strange character because, because yeah, he, you know, he's Bathy's buddy, but he's a demon. He's not really a declaremont, and yet by the end of the season or series. He's kind of a declaremont, kind yeah. of, sort of, similar to Sarah, kind of like a declaremont, yeah. even not really, because Sarah was heading back. No, no, it was Gallowglass that was heading, leaving. He was the guy. That yeah, left. he got his helmet and he was leaving, so he's yeah. doing his thing. Yeah. And then we got to see um, Miriam and Chris look like they might be becoming a couple. Yes. Which would be fun. Yeah. Well, and... I, hey, hey, if I was Chris. And, and 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 I saw Miriam's legs in that mini skirt. You damn right, I'd be trying to hook up with her. Absolutely, nothing wrong. He was a smart man. Good for Chris. <laughs> My God, I was shocked. I mean, I, we all knew she was a good-looking woman, but holy smokes, that mini skirt. Anyway, so I just imagine she'd have lots of awesome stories to tell. She's been around for three thousand years. 
Yeah, right. She's like the oldest of them all. Like as a history person, that would be awesome to to hear what she's experienced. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she's older than than Matthew is a vampire, right? Like, yeah, she is at least. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who turned yeah. her? Was it Philippe or, or Isabel? We have I don't no idea. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she's a declamant, right? But she, but we don't know where she came from. Who did turned she, her? Did she? Oh no! Wait, I was about to say. Did she call? Um, she she didn't call. Uh, um, Matthew, her father. Matthew, her father. It's yeah. It could have been well, Philippe. Could have been Philippe. Yeah, because we don't know how long Philippe or Isabeau have been around. Right. So well, it could so be one of those two. Philippe Someone in who's read the books could tell us. <laughs> and then, I mean, Philippe, I remember when he showed the ruins of that uh, of that temple, he was pretty much talking about, yeah, I, I was here when they built it. Right. Right. Were you? It's, so, yeah. a so what is Aphrodite in France? Right, right. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me that maybe she was turned by Philippe. It's just that it was weird. Well, her character, to be honest, I always felt from season one was shortchanged because she, you know, they had her in the main cast. She was listed as the main cast of actress as well as the character itself. But she always was second fiddle to even people like Marcus and stuff. So, so we didn't really learn anything about her compared to the other characters, even though she was considered one of the main, main stars of the show. You should have a yeah. spinoff. So then. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. I, w- I would like to see a Miriam spinoff show. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, it's maybe a spinoff show just with her more involved. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because her character was kind of cool in season one and then obviously season two, she wasn't going to be in it at all because of how it was set up except for, well, that's not true because Marcus had a lot of scenes in season two. That's how we met Phoebe and all that stuff. So yeah, she just got shortchanged. Yeah, she really did. I got, I got a question. that's a little off. Is it, whatever happened to Kit? Remember Kit from yeah, the... Yeah, that's right. Marcus, yeah, yeah. He was a he was the guy that was a dink to uh Diana and Matthew in season season two. Remember Kit? He just disappeared. He would have been a cool villain. They could have brought him back or something, but yeah, he, you're right, he just disappeared. That wasn't an off question at all. I I, I want to know. Again, as Sean mentioned any listeners that know please email us let us know please we want to know <laughs> yeah we want to know about Miriam and who uh side her and we also want to know whatever happened to kit those are those are two big questions that the shit this this uh series kind of didn't really answer um i mean i have to admit i mean actually we I, in a way maybe we shouldn't have a a uh a, a sequel we should probably have a prequel like how did this prequels, all begin yeah. Right. That would be good. I would like right. prequels. I mean, it would be pretty awesome to see, you know, the um, Diana's parents and Knox, where he Diana's kills them. Parents or and something. Knox, or, or yeah. even just uh, Philippe and Isabeau. Exactly. Right. Right. So, oh, that's yeah. what I would really. I could like. always do with more James Purfoy. Thank you, Barrett. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> and, and you could, and you could have Miriam too, the, in the same actress, yeah. because again, she's been around for three thousand years. Right, 
So there's a lot, a lot of cool stuff they could have. You're absolutely right, Kevin. Like Gallo glass and all that sort of thing. And you know. right, Gallo glass was around in 1590. I would love to see Hubbard's story, how he turned, you know, from a regular priest and he became a vampire, but he still kept up the priesthood. Uh, it was the, um, it was the plague. Yeah, that was yeah, the plague. Yeah, that would be Benjamin a turned on. at the plague. That would have been, yeah, right. That's right. It was Benjamin that did it. Yeah. So that that would have been a great storyline too. So technically Hubbard is, is a declare mark. Because Benjamin was a declare mark. Well, Am I right? technically, Am I, right? I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, technically, yeah. Yeah, because because Benjamin was turned by was a son of Matthew, and mm-hmm. Hubbard became a son was a son of Benjamin. So that's a grandson. Yeah. He's a he's a declare mark. Well, yeah, at first he wasn't, but then he became one. You know, he was the, you know, he was the, you know, he was a, he was the separate thing. And um, when, when Matthew and, um, when Matthew and Diana went back in time again, but then like after they left, that's when something happened. And that's, you know, uh, that's when he got sired. Well, you you know what it is? It's like, it's like those, those sports figures that, that hook up with a stripper and they have a kid with the stripper and the kid is actually theirs, but they deny it. And and that's kind of what Benjamin is for Matthew, and so anybody that's side by Benjamin is kind of like that, you know. So illegitimate. You know, not yeah, well, kind of, sort of, but not really because they're still quote unquote <laughs> related. It's just that they deny it, you know. It's just like like the you know the the third baseman of of some uh, the Texas Rangers. I'll just throw out a random team because I don't want to use a real player's name. And they they bang some some stripper or something, and then she has a kid, and then. It's like, whoops, and he denies it, but he still has to pay alimony, but he, but they're not really part of the family, you know what I'm saying? Or not alimony, but, but you know, uh, child support. Child so, support. yeah, so it's kind of like that, you know, because Benjamin technically is a son because he was sired by Matthew, even if Matthew denies him as any legitimacy to the family. So Hobbit technically, you could say, oh, it's the same thing because – it was from Benjamin, but there's still, but it's still, if you know, if that's how it is, you know, if you're side by this person, you, you're technically that family, you know. So that's kind of interesting how to look at it. Um, but yeah, um, anything else that we want to talk about? Did we miss anything? Um, anything at all? Or was it, or was it that quick that when you really think about it? Oh, yeah, quick quick. <laughs> we've actually talked about it a lot longer than I thought we could. <laughs> yeah. I think we yeah, I think we were longer than the episode by double at least. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's another thing about this this season finale. It was is probably one of the shortest season finales of all time. That wasn't a sitcom. Um we could talk about the tour. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the tour. So basically for folks who um have been yeah. watching it on Shutter, at least. It may be elsewhere too. I don't AMC know, but at least on the. Oh, okay, so it's on AMC Plus as well, which makes sense because AMC and Shutter. They appear is, to own and, Shutter because Shutter is on AMC. If you haven't an actually, I, I can answer that one hundred percent. I can answer that one hundred percent. AMC, Shutter, and Sundance are all owned by the same company, which go. are all owned by a bigger company. Um, yeah, AMC. AMC is the big company, and they own them all. So. Um, so on, on these stations, um, there was a 10 minute episode, little behind the scenes episode, uh, which is, I'm surprised they didn't do this for other 
episode, other shows because yeah, you know, we, more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we see that. And a lot of these other shows that we've been watching, they do that. Um, and, um, Let's let's talk about it. So basically, it's just a behind the scenes thing where they go with Teresa Palmer first, and they just show things, and then they bring in Gallo Glass. They got to place Gallo Glass, and then they bring in Marcus, Phoebe, and Miriam. Um, and um, one of the ones that things that was most interesting, I thought, was is most of what we see on screen in the show is actually on the set itself in the UK. Yeah. In other, yeah, in other words, yeah. in other words, they took all this time to build a tattoo parlor instead of just yeah. going to a tattoo parlor and, and just filming in a tattoo parlor. And it's like all that money they wasted to make a ta- for a three minute scene between Gallo glass and Matthew, they could have just went to a goddamn tattoo parlor and say, "Hey, uh, can we use your tattoo parlor and we'll give you, you know, something in, in the credits." And they could have used all that extra money and, and put it somewhere else, you know, for a cool battle scene or something. But or another it, episode, yeah, or another episode. So I was like shocked that they actually and and they're showing the guy painting the 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 tattoos on the wall and all this stuff. It's like. My God, for a friggin' three-minute scene, <laughs> they made a whole set in the same building that if you go into the next room, it's it's the library. Or in the next room after that, it's it's the Powell room at the Castle de Claremont. And it's like, for, for a three-minute scene? I was, like, shocked. It was, like, crazy. Uh, yeah, and then they also showed um, – the, the funniest scene, though, was um, Miriam – and again, I'm just using the, the character names because I forget the, act, the actors and actresses. But Miriam, Phoebe, and Marcus go around and they're showing uh, the lunchroom. And they go, yeah, you sit at, like, at a gothic table because of COVID. One person has to sit at the one end of the table. Another person sits at the other end of the table. And you have like a candle in the middle because you can't sit next to each other because of the COVID rules over here in the UK. And it was just funny. They, they, they had a blast. They were, they were, they were great. Yeah. Um, um, you could tell that. Oh, and then oh, I love how Phoebe too. She says, "Oh, you know, it was great. I came in in season two, um, but I have to say the thing that was great for my two seasons was that it's not only all the actors that we um, worked with and I became friends with, but all the grips and the people behind the camera. They were the same people for both seasons that I worked, and I became friends with all of them too, and it, it was fantastic." I like that too. And there was, was the bat cool. too to see if uh, they could fit, fit in the crib. Oh my god, that was hilarious! <laughs> oh no, Marcus says, "Miriam, get into the crib." That was awesome. She goes, "I don't think so." And she walks off. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, kind yeah. of fun too when they saw the actor who plays Fernando too coming out of his trailer. Oh yeah, yeah that was that too. was that was awesome. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> out of the out of the three, he, the Phoebe, Miriam, and Marcus part of the 10 minute thing was the best that was my favorite part because it was just they were just they were just having a blast you could tell they, they were just really having a blast well um uh oh, the Calgrass, he actually pissed me off because there was a guy working in the back and i was hoping he would just go up to the guy and go hey this is uh what's your name you know this is, and what do you do here for this you know but they didn't do that they just, he just ignores him <laughs> and he goes let me show you the tattoo room and it's like i was hoping they would like someone behind the scenes that was a nobody they would just give him their five minutes you know or 15 minutes of fame um and then uh teresa palmer um uh hers was just pretty 
pretty much stand and stuff. It was it was cool. She was talking about the library and how all these books and the books were most of the books were probably real. I think they just bought them like from some some bookstop and they just put them up and they go yeah. So we made this library and these are all these old books except this one which is the Book of Life. And as you can see, we we it was a prop and they made it. But I think all the other books were real. So that was kind of cool. Uh, what, what about you guys? What do you want to say? I've been unfortunately um monopolizing the oxygen about this 10 minute thing. What do you guys have to say about it? I just thought it was fun and it was kind of neat to see the, the actress and actresses uh, out of character. And like you said, you know, seeing the trio seemed to have a lot of fun doing this, which made yep. it much, much more enjoyable. And uh, just, yeah, kind of eye opening, seeing the stuff about the, the sets and some of the prop stuff and like, just makes you think about just how much behind the scenes work is taken to, to make all of these different shows. Right. And just like how unheralded all that work is. Like, and, much- and, yeah. Well, and, and Sean, because of it's so, so much work. And like you said, it's unheralded. A lot of it is not on site, right? It, it's all built sets. Mm-hmm. This this show was was really it wasn't like you know Game of Thrones where they flew everybody to friggin' Slovenia and, or Reykjavik Iceland and then they they you know built sets there. This was like just this big bu- building factory building or warehouse building and they literally just make rooms in the building. All these these people behind the scenes and 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 so all the stuff ninety percent of the the, the show based off of what I saw and how the actors and actresses were talking made it feel like it was 90% sets. It wasn't, it wasn't on location. It was kind of interesting to see that, you know, I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, now off offline, we had an instant message thing on Facebook. We have an instant message group about talking about the, the show as we set up each episode, uh, which I named, the Teresa Palmer fan club. And on that Teresa Palmer fan club, instant message group uh, for this podcast, um, you guys mentioned you were, you were kind of thought it was cool to suddenly hear uh, Teresa Palmer speaking her, her honest accent, which is Australian. Now for me, since the only reason we, 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 this show even existed as a podcast was because I'm a huge Teresa Palmer fan uh, for numerous reasons, including um, uh, her not only her acting ability. She, um, I always knew her accent, but you guys were saying this is kind of cool, and you guys are like like going off on it for like a good twenty posts talking about I, it. I also wanted to throw out the the fact that there's the trailer for uh, Teresa Palmer and Stephen Cree for that new uh, Shutter movie that they're doing. Queen. The twin. Yes. Yeah. And is just, it out yet? No. Okay. So Stephen Cree, he, he's got to play Galaglass for folks who, who are unfamiliar. But uh, continue. Continue. So I was just joking about the fact that Galaglass had to go to a different universe and franchise, but he finally gets to be with Diana. So <laughs> it's, it's all good. We're, we're assuming, right? Because I haven't seen well, the trailer. They look like, in the trailer, it looks like they're a couple. Okay. Yeah. In okay. the trailer, it looks like they're husband and wife. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, All right. So, so I just yes. thought that was funny. <laughs> so uh, for folks who are curious, that will most likely be a Dark Discussions podcast episode because uh, we do <laughs> movies, and, and I'll be suggesting that one for sure. Yeah. Um, anything with Teresa Palmer in it. Um, 
So, Sean, uh, not Sean, I'm sorry, because I know you've already seen it, and I know you saw it too, Barrett. But, Kevin, did you see that 10-minute uh, behind-the-scenes uh, thing? Uh, I was the one who brought up the accent, but I didn't see the whole thing. Gotcha, gotcha. I had to, I had to get, I had to leave. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a couple other shows that we saw. Uh, what were the shows that we've seen? Like, like The Stand, right, Barrett? Didn't they have like a a five minute thing at the end of each episode of The Stand? Oh, The Game of Thrones always did it. Westworld yeah. does it. Yeah, yeah. They did. But this show, I could have done reason, without The Stand once. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking worst show ever. It was terrible. Um, well, I don't know. I, I'm still. I, I was not a fan of the Lovecraft Country either. That show sucked. Still wasn't as bad as the Stand. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, you know what? The Nevers. The Never. Uh, the Nevers always had that too. Like a five minutes yeah. thing after the credits. Yeah. Because they showed oh, yeah. how they did that water scene, which was right. Awesome. That was that was awesome. Yeah, but the, for whatever reason, this show, and maybe it's because it's Shutter slash AMC, uh, or even more so, you could argue it's it's. It's some British company, right? Sky, and, right? Yeah, Sky, yeah, Sky. Right. They, they were the ones that did it. And, and then, you know, Shutter or AMC just buys it for the, to have the rights in the States and Canada. Um, but, yeah, for whatever reason, Sky doesn't do it, which is too bad because that's, that's a, a, a cool little thing that can't cost that much to just do three minutes and talk to each actor or actress or director or screenwriter or whoever they want to talk to. Walking you know? Dead does it all the time. They yeah, have a show dead. afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that would have been kind of cool if at the and in some of these shows, meaning the specific episodes of this show here, like the Phoenix scene would have been a really good one to talk here and and I would have loved to hear Jabbar, the actor that played Jabbar, talk about his finale and 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 Domenico. Yeah, Domenico or Baldwin or, or or even Benjamin. I would love to hear him because he you know he's shortchanged just like Miriam and. Uh, and when both of those characters were probably huge in the books and I would have loved to hear them speak too, you know, Uh, but yeah, we don't get any of that, unfortunately. Um, but it was kind of good to have that little 10 minute thing, even if it was only 10 minutes and once. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, all right. So I guess pretty much that's it. We've been recording now for about two hours. So, uh, before we get our, our final thoughts and some house cleaning, uh, related to the network itself, uh, for this podcast here, uh, we will most definitely 100% will be back next week for sure. It may be the last episode. It depends on if we do get through, um, anybody that wants to, uh, be interviewed by us. Uh, we reached out to uh, one person. Uh, and it looked like it was going to work, but again, you know, until it's verified, we can't believe it, but we'll definitely be back at least for one more episode, if not two, and that will be next week. Now, whether it's an interview or whether it is something else, something else would be where we would do our, uh, complete wrap up of the entire show. Uh, we'll probably talk about our favorite, uh, moments in the show our favorite characters and why so it'll it'll be more of a fun type of episode uh than anything else but again it'll be um off the cuff so it could be serious too where we start talking about specific things related to you know like we did in this episode vampire lore in this universe or, or something so it'll be all over the place but we'll definitely have our best moments our favorite characters and things of that nature um 
surprise, you know, the breakout character, the surprise character, this or that, whatever. Uh, so definitely come back next week. So definitely get in your emails. If you do have any emails for us uh, this week, uh, because uh, again, if it's the last episode, it would be the last chance for us to read emails on this podcast. Any straggler emails that come up, uh, we will read on the Dark Discussions podcast and the Halloween Boutique podcast as well. Um, but uh, that's only happened once or twice in the past with some of these TV shows. Uh, so we'll hope, hopefully that you folks will be able to get any emails in um, before um, next next Monday, the Monday the twenty eighth of February. Uh, so we can we can uh, actually before, get them in by the twenty sixth uh, or twenty seventh of February because we record these episodes. We'll be recording the next episode on the twenty seventh uh, for sure. Um, so that's that. Uh, now we can get into our final uh, opinion of the, this final episode. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Barrett, uh, me, you, among other uh, random uh, co-hosts, uh, do another podcast uh, that begins with an H. Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Yes. And uh, we'll be having more stuff coming out soon. So stay tuned. Indeed. And... Uh, Sean Fox, uh, me, you, Barrett, and maybe co-host Mike of the Dark Discussions Podcast are planning to do uh, a new uh, TV series podcast related to something that's science fiction that begins with an H at the end of March. What's that all about? That will be the following the Halo TV series that's coming out that's based on the Halo video game series. That's right. So uh, watch out for that. Uh, also, we do have the Dark Discussions podcast, which is the flagship podcast of the network, which has been around for 11 years. It comes out weekly, consistently, uh, never misses uh, a week. Uh, so we're already up to uh, 460 episodes or something. I don't know what the hell it is. I thought it's, it's in the 500s. You're the 500s, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This See, just, we, did, we did our 500th episode. You're right. Yeah. All right. So we're at 540, I think, is what it is. Yeah. So yeah, we're way up there. So so we have all, and every episode is a, is basically about a genre movie. Um. So uh, check that out. A couple of examples of recent films that we've done have been Rocky Horror Picture Show that was just released. Uh, that was a Patreon pick, which we'll talk about in a second. What Patreon is? Uh, we did an episode on Resident Evil. Uh, Welcome to Raccoon City, which was a mainstream theatrical release. Uh, we reviewed that. Uh, we've done um, indie films that no one's ever heard of that have appeared on like Netflix and um, reviewed them. Uh, all genre stuff, um, all good stuff. So uh, definitely uh, check out that podcast as well. Uh, now, uh, let's get into our final thoughts on this uh episode here. Uh, so let's start with you, Mr. Kevin Lutz. I enjoyed it. It was, like I said, some people thought it was anticlimactic for some of the, the bad guys. I, I I can understand that, but I was still very satisfied, and I liked the way they wrapped it up, and I I very much enjoyed this whole whole series, and I'm looking forward to going through the books. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they had some 
uh, worst kept secrets like Diana's power, and as Kevin just mentioned, some of the the um, ends of of the villains were were kind of anticlimactic. Uh, but all in all, um, uh, it was an enjoyable episode. I loved uh, the ending storylines of a number of characters such as Baldwin and even even lesser characters like Domenico. Um, I, I do agree with, with uh, what Sean is probably going to say in a moment, which is, you know, it would have been nicer if this was a longer season, similar to season two. Uh, but all in all, um, it was good. I enjoyed myself. Uh, let's go with you, Sean. Uh, so first off, I want to be saying that I'm a little sad that we did not have a sports or science section in our episode tonight. But right, the um, Super Bowl's over. <laughs> you want to talk about your losing teams some more? Oh, the uh, the well, the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> were getting blown out today. It's seven to two against the Minnesota Wool or uh, the, the Wild. So uh, there you go. Anyway, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my ranting aside, uh, I enjoyed the finale. Yes, I wish it would have had one more episode maybe to wrap stuff up or change the pacing, but otherwise it was a fun finale. I enjoyed the series. It was fun being able to be a part of the podcast every week. And um, I just, it was a, I just, it was a good experience. So, you know, I wish we could have more series that feel that way. All right. And, and that star, Teresa Palmer. There you go. Um, Let's go with you, you Barrett. I enjoyed the final episode. I think it could have been more dynamic and exciting, but we got what we got. It tied up everything nicely. Um, The series on the whole, I really enjoyed. Uh, It's one of my more favorite series. Um, So, yeah, if you're listening to us, uh, send us your thoughts in email. Indeed. Uh, Once again, we want to apologize uh, that last week's episode came out later than usual. But again, as we warned, uh, whenever there's a holiday or something of that nature, um, the episodes usually do get pushed back uh, a a day or two. Uh, For example, last week, uh, there was a combination of the Super Bowl as well as uh, um, St. Valentine's Day. Uh, So that was the reason uh but since we're back on on schedule with no holidays or events like that um this episode should already be out by uh monday the 21st and then next week uh episode will most certainly be out february 28th um you can email us at dark discussions at aol.com or go to darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us link on the menus of any page uh which will also send an email to us as barrett said please do especially before uh, or early February 27th, because, uh, again, just in case it's the last episode of the podcast, uh, we want to get your emails in for, uh, before we, we actually do the recording uh, on um, February 27th in the evening. Um, now, uh, Sean, there's something called the Patreon we were talking about? Yes, the Patreon is where listeners can help contribute to some of the costs that are involved, uh, for you guys running Dark Discussions and all the other podcasts associated and the, the website and all that good fun. Uh, Patreon allows you to uh, say if you donate $5. For every $5 a month that you donate, you get to put a movie of your choice in a raffle list that will get chosen uh, every quarter of the year. 
And that means that if your movie gets picked, then it will get to be reviewed on the main feed of Dark Discussions. So, for instance, like me, I've had movies like The Crow and Ninth Gate pulled and The Stand miniseries. So that was fun to hear those reviews or at least be part of the Stand uh, miniseries reviews. So Patreon's good and it helps you guys. Indeed, indeed. And uh, as I just mentioned, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show was just one of our latest episodes on Dark Discussions Podcast uh, because uh, a Patreon listener, Holly Masiak, uh, asked us to record an episode on that film. And sure enough, we did. And it was a, a fun episode. Um, we also recorded one last night that hasn't come out yet called Bad Moon. And this week we're recording one uh, that hasn't obviously come out yet because we haven't recorded yet, uh, Heather's. So uh, we, we got a bunch of good Patreon picks that were uh, chosen, and uh, we're recording it as well. And again, any contribution does help uh, the podcast and the expenses behind the podcast, because everything is free, and we uh, don't charge uh, any any subscriptions or anything like that. Um, so uh, I think that's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, that was that was good. Uh, discussion tonight and uh we'll be back next week get your emails in before february 27th or before february 27th uh uh at least early in the day and uh with all that stated barrett why don't you lead us out thanks again for joining us on a discovery of witches demons and vampires join us next week where we cover everything <laughs> <laughs>